Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at newbalance.com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride-or-die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome in, everybody, to a Red River Shootout Week episode of the Flagship Podcast. I am Chip Brown, joined by the one and only Eric Henry. My man's doing outstanding work over at Horns247.com, especially this week. The greatest week in college football, the greatest game in college football, the greatest game day atmosphere in sports, the Cotton Bowl in the middle of the State Fair of Texas, 100,000 inside the Cotton Bowl, divided at the 50, half burnt orange, half crimson. The players coming out of the tunnel in the Oklahoma end, Texas players talking this week about coming out to the loudest booze they've ever heard in their lives. Like so loud that Quinn Ewers had to turn around and like see just how many crimson and cream fans were sitting in that half of the cotton bowl. But by the time he got to the 50, he was showered with praise like a, a Roman gladiator coming out of the Coliseum. Eric Henry, I cannot wait for you to experience this. You are a virgin when it comes to the Red River Shootout. I cannot wait for you to experience this, my friend. Chip, I, I got to admit, I have to admit. So, you know, you and I have had some conversations off air. I've had conversations with Jeff Howe, of course, another great, you know, Longhorns historian. And I've said that, you know, growing up and, and you know, I'll, I'm 32, so I'll date myself here. Um, cultural ball was regional chip. You know, the, I, the games I got were Florida, Florida State, you know, Florida, Florida State, Miami. Um, I, I didn't grow up getting a lot of Texas OU until, you know, 
the TV deals came and, and those games went national. And I am just thinking about it. And I don't think whether it is, you know, growing up chip or even, you know, I went to UCF and the UCF USF rivalry is one thing, but it certainly is not Texas OU. This is going to be the first time. I feel like I've, I've had a lot of uh, college football uh, in my, what, seven and a half, seven years now covering college football, but I'm I'm very pumped up for this chip. Uh, you know, like you talked about, I, I'm excited to walk to the Cotton Bowl. A walk through the fair, get that experience. Walk into the Cotton Bowl and see the stadium divided in half. I feel like that in itself is is going to be a unique experience. And just the the pageantry of this chip, I, I am really really excited. The last thing I'll say on it is this: again, being a Floridian, you know, I, I'm the product of, you know, Miami's tradition. Right? Is is well, Miami, right? It's it's winning and everything that came with the U. And Florida State, Chip, you could say, is, is also another team that's a product of the 80s, right? You know, they don't really have cultural ball traditions prior to that. I mean, they played football, but they, they weren't, you know, what they were. So there's something about this, the, the history of this. You know, 100, this will be the 119th matchup between Texas and OU. That I think also resonates with me as well. It's just, this goes back, not just, you know, 15, 20, 25 years, but generation upon generation upon generation. So uh, I, I say all that to say I'm pumped up and I'm really excited. Yeah, the great Keith Jackson. Oh, Nelly, we're coming to you live from the Cotton Bowl. And Frank Brawls, I mean, those two, that's what I watched way up there in Michigan. And I they always had the Red River shootout on. And I watched it religiously. Earl Campbell in his tearaway jerseys when I was 10. And it's the best. You'll see. And I'm going to take you to a spot that no one goes to right before kickoff so that you get the full experience. With that, to our great listeners who are here for our tailgate, for our Texas OU tailgate, this, my friends, is going to be the biggest game really since 2008. When you look at the records, you look at the standings, you look at the high profile nature of this game. Yes, game day is going to be on the State Fair of Texas Fairgrounds, which is going to make it even more berserk uh, because those poor fools who show up to the State Fair unaware I don't know how that could be possible, but unaware that this is Texas OU Saturday and they just show up bringing their kids to go pet the animals at the little, you know, petting zoo and go to the rides. They can't move because it's certainly not until you can move between 11 and 3.30 or 3 or whatever, how long, however long it's going to take. But, man, when the fans are trying to get in their seats and this is where – I would say to anyone going to this game, get into the stadium an hour early, at least. Otherwise, you're going to get into some human traffic jams that you're not going to be able to uh, navigate. You can't navigate. Into Chip, the Cotton Bowl. Really, so, really quick, as, as a newbie, just uh, you know, for for my sake, uh, what time do I need to be there? Just so because is is my normal you know two and a half three hours early going to be working? Perfect. Work okay. All right. You're perfect. Just, uh, just figured out I'd, I'd ask. You'll be able to kind of stroll around, take it all in. You'll be fine. <laughs> as long as you're in hour and a half 
before, but man, it is bonkers. And the tickets are going crazy. A friend of mine just showed me the, the, you know, the secondary ticket market tickets are going for 700 bucks a pop. So without further ado, this game, Barry Switzer once told me, Chip, team with the best quarterback wins this game. And this is, uh, OU fans might say, Dylan Gabriel. It's Dylan Gabriel. And I'm going right to the source because my man Eric Henry is a proud alum of the UCF Knights where Dylan Gabriel played his early college football before transferring to join his former offensive coordinator, Jeff Levy at Oklahoma and Texas fans who loved that 49 to nothing win over Oklahoma last year. And why not? It's never been done before. And you got to experience it. Texas didn't have to play against Dylan Gabriel. They're going to play against Dylan Gabriel this time. And Dylan Gabriel's number six in the nation in pass efficiency. And if OU's going to beat Texas, they're going to have to throw the football, which means that OU's offensive line is going to have to protect Dylan Gabriel because they can't run block well enough to average even four yards a carry. But Eric, Barry Switzer told me the team with the best quarterback usually wins the Red River shootout. Dylan Gabriel, he's got better pass efficiency numbers than Quinn Ewers. Your thoughts? Chip, this one I was really, really torn on. And, uh, you know, for listeners and Horns 24-7 subscribers, I'm working on a, a little piece. But, you know, I can't give away too many of the details, but I'm working on a little something. Provide a little background. Of course, Dylan Gabriel missed last year's contest. Was knocked out with a violent concussion uh, against Kansas State, if my memory serves me correct. Uh, or no, Jamoy Hodge from TCU. TCU, okay. okay Turned yeah. his lights out. The other purple team. The other part, there we go. Um, so actually, we're playing in his first Red River shootout. Uh, you're putting me on the spot. Do I believe that Dylan Gabriel is the better quarterback? And I will say this, and uh, this would be the case for Dylan Gabriel. You're talking about uh, amongst active passers, Chip, second in the nation behind Sam Hartman, you know, over 13,000 passing guards in his career. Obviously, you know, the COVID year, he's got an additional year, so on and so forth. Had a really good year last year prior to the injury, and it you know came back and played well. And this year, 15 touchdowns, uh, leave over 1500 yards passing, only two interceptions, as you said, six in the nation and passer rating. I am this is where I land, Chip. I think Dylan Gabriel is the better quarterback, but I think Quinn Ewers is the more talented quarterback. And I'm not even saying that, Chip, in terms of a pro projection right i don't even mean in that sense I, I just mean there are absolutely throws that quinn yours probably can can make that dylan gabriel in terms of arm strength it's not that guy and it's not to say dylan gabriel doesn't push the ball downfield you take a look even going back to his ucf days you see that long left-handed wind up and he's pushing it downfield but it, it, you know he gets it down there but i mean quinn has a zip on his balls that i think is in terms of being the more natural thrower uh, that, you know, Quinn certainly has the edge in that regard. But in terms of to this point, Chip, I, I feel like I'd be shortchanging Dylan Gabriel if I were to say Quinn Ewers was the better quarterback to this point. Because it's not as if he's just been a stack compiler 
over a ton of years, right? A guy who started, you know, we look up and we see those guys uh, every season who's like, man, isn't this his seventh year of quarterback in said, said team? And he's compiled a bunch of stats, right? Like he's not that guy. He's actually been, you know, the engineer of various, you know, really high octane, high powered offenses over his career. And I just think to this point with the ball he's playing, the only thing, I shouldn't say the only thing, the main thing that gives me that, that, that hesitation is, listen, the fact of the matter is this. Uh, Quinn Ewer's performance against Alabama this year is more impressive than anything that Dylan Gabriel has done. That, that's it's just a fact, right? But that doesn't, you know, negate the entire body of work, the entire package of Dylan Gabriel. So I, I do say that uh, Dylan Gabriel is the better quarterback, but I, I will just say this, you know, and, I, and I, I, to your point, the quote uh, uh, Barry Switzer gave you, certainly no, no, no falsities in it. But the argument can be made that Texas is a vastly better team, and I'm sure we'll get into that a little bit in this yeah, podcast. Yeah, and that's that's where we'll go right now because the question is, Quinn Ewers has the benefit, especially over the last three games, and you wrote about this beautifully at Horns 24-7. The last three games for Jonathan Brooks, it's been amazing. Um, you wrote that it's better than any – three-game stretch in the Bijan Robinson era at Texas. Uh, Jonathan Brooks, you know, what, 59 carries, 487 yards rushing, four touchdowns. Um, he's on fire, and he's coming off a 200-yard rushing game against Kansas, and he has provided balance to this offense that allows Quinn Ewers to have play action, to have the benefit of play action, to force the defense to have to honor Texas's running game, which opens up the passing game in a way that Dylan Gabriel may not have the benefit of. We'll see. Um, I've been talking to my insiders at OU they say this receiving core is emerging as um the strength of the OU football team which is amazing because Antrell Anthony came from Michigan in the portal Brennan Thompson came from Texas in the portal Nick Anderson is a young guy who's emerging he's looks like Randy Moss for God's sake I don't know if he moves like Randy Moss but he's been scoring touchdowns so he leads the OU team with five touchdowns. I think he only has like 20 catches, but he's averaging almost 28 yards per catch. That'll get your attention. Um, So Dylan Gabriel has good weapons. He's got good receivers. Doesn't have the running game to complement that. And that opens him up to the pass rush of Texas. And that's where this game to me is going to be one, because if Texas can pressure Dylan Gabriel, get him off his spot, I don't know that I don't know that OU can move the ball well enough uh, to beat Texas. Now, Brent Venables is going to try to bend but not break. He's going to give up probably give up yards between the twenties, but he doesn't want to give up that big play because he wants to get the Texas offense into the red zone where Texas has not been able to finish drives. They had first and goal from the eight twice against Kansas came away with field goals. We've talked about this Texas red zone offense. They're 
they're about 50% in terms of touchdowns to field goals going into the red zone. And that's, that's not elite football from an offensive standpoint. It's one of the more bizarre um, footnotes to this Texas football team right now with as much firepower as Texas has on offense that once they get inside an opponent's 20, it's become anybody's guess as to how it's going to turn out. So when, when I look at this thing, you know, Jonathan Brooks is the, he's the X factor because he's the guy that Oklahoma doesn't have. And I, and we'll talk about whether Jatavian Sanders is going to play or not. Cause you wrote about that as well. But, you know, Eric, when you look at this, you know, this matchup, what stands out to you? Uh, Chip, I hate to answer your question with a question, but I do need to because you and I have not had a chance to kind of talk about this. Would love to get your thoughts. Um, you asked me what stands out to me. What do you make uh, or what did you make of Steve Sarkeesian's answer when asked about the red zone struggles? Because I was asked, and I won't name this person by uh, someone who works for our fine organization, 24-7 Sports. If Texas were to lose this game, what would it be or what would be one of the two or two or three things? that would harm them. And I, I said, look, I, you know, I, I do think the red zone struggles are something that no coach in America is going to say we want to trade, you know, threes for sevens. Right. So just really quick, what did you make of Steve Sarkeesian's answer? And I guess in your, in your, your vast experience, can a team like Texas that has many explosive, you know, weapons that have been scoring from long range, is that sustainable, not just for this game, but you know, the long run. Yeah. I mean, well, I thought his answer was a lot like when my wife asked me, did I take the garbage out? And then I didn't. And I give her a bunch of excuses like, well, I was doing this and that. I felt like Sark, he did, he just wasn't in the mood, you know? And, and so I get it, but he knows, he knows he's talked about it. He's volunteered that as a, an area that this, this Texas team needs to get fixed because you there's going to come a day and it could be Saturday. If Brent Venables pulls off his plan where Texas is not getting those explosive plays. And I think against the elite defenses, and I'm not saying OU is an elite defense right now, you would say looking at the numbers they are, but we haven't seen them play ranked competition. SMU is the highest ranked team they've played. Everyone else is well below the teams that Texas has played. And so I'm not ready to anoint the OU defense. Now, I think they're pretty good. And I think Danny Stutzman's pretty good. And I think they've got enough guys um, who are, you know, they play well as a team. They don't have NFL players all over the field like they used to with Gerald McCoy. And, you know, back when they had Tommy Harris and, you know, Dusty Dvorak and all that. So this is a team that Brent Venables has been defense that he's taken over. I mean, he's like you watch during the games. He's not on the sideline when the offense is on the field. He's over there with the defense. You know, he's leaving that. He's leaving the offense to Jeff Levy and Matt Wells and Seth Luttrell. He's getting this defense right because he was embarrassed by what happened last year and he should have been. And so I'm fascinated. I'm fascinated by this matchup because you've got Brent Venables, who, as Sark said, he carries everything. 
He's going to give you four-man front. He's going to give you a bear front. He's going to give you 3-3-5. He's going to give you 3-8 cloud. And you don't know what he's going to give you from play to play. He's a lot like Gary Patterson, where he's going to tailor it for the opponent, and he's going to pull the stuff out of his bag that he feels like is going to give him the best chance to win. But you have to prepare for it all, and you don't have time to prepare for it all in a 20-hour practice week. And then you have Sarkeesian, who does the same thing, who swears the more we do, the harder we are to defend. And so you've got these two coaches who have the same philosophy. We're going to work our kids. They're going to have to learn all this extra stuff. They're going to have to learn all the peculiarities. For Sark, it's all the motions and the verbose language. For Venables, it's all the, you know, shifting and disguising and all that. What a great chess match this is. I don't think that Texas, I mean, look, crazy things happen in this game because the momentum, the atmosphere, kids get overwhelmed. They get distracted. There have been a history of big plays in this game, but is it sustainable? Not against elite defenses. It's not. And Texas could be playing either with a limited Jatavian Sanders at tight end or, or not playing with him um, depending on how that ankle is recovering this week. I, I think he'll try to go cause he's Jatavian Sanders, but he'll be limited. So um, no, I don't, I don't think Texas can rely on these explosive plays. Remember two years ago, they couldn't, they didn't have a play over 50 yards. Now they seem to get one every week. So I don't think it's sustainable. Uh, and that's why their red zone offense needs to get better, more efficient. Sar- Sarkeesian's got to, he's got to run the football in the red zone, even if he has to use Quinn Ewers, because Ewers does have two of those 10 touchdowns in the red zone. One of them was last week on that one yard keeper. The other one was a five yard scramble against Wyoming. Um, but Look, Quinn Ewers has five rushing touchdowns. He's got as many rushing touchdowns as Jonathan Brooks, Eric. So crazy legs Ewers is uh, he's a new secret weapon for the Longhorns. So, Chip, I appreciate that answer. I'll kind of touch on a lot of the things you said there and tie it all together. Um, The reason why, again, and I guess to, to, to provide the audience with what Steve Sarkeesian said when he was asked, he said, you know, hey, um, you know, stats, uh, an old friend of him, an old coaching friend of him said to him, stats are like something. Once you get them, once you get it, you can make anything of it. Right. Um, that's what his friend said. That's a direct quote. So make of that what you want. But Chip, the reason why I, I feel like that was a perfect segue into my next point is I talked about trading threes for sevens. Well, what happens if those threes aren't hitting? And to be fair to Burt Auburn, he hasn't missed anything inside of 40 yards. Pretty sure I got that correct. Well, the 26-yarder against Baylor. That's right. off the upright. Sark said it was a high snap, and they didn't protect off the edge. So he felt the pressure and boinked it. You're right there. So I I stand corrected. But just saying, right, what happens when those threes that you're hoping you get, you're not even getting those threes. I've said this, you know, I've written about it, and I've said it on this podcast. I thought last week would be the first time that Texas would be tested by a team that if, for whatever reason, the offense started slow or had struggles in the red zone, 
was actually equipped to capitalize on those things. Well, what happened? Uh, about 28 minutes before game time, I'm sitting next to my good buddy Chip Brown, and I said, where's Jalen Daniels? So then that went out the window, and all of a sudden there was not an offense that was equipped to capitalize on those things, right? Well, we do know this about Oklahoma. While they have not faced a defense, the caliber of Texas, as you stated, Chip, they do have players who are equipped to take advantage of those opportunities. So those will be the two things that I am keeping my eye on. And with that being said, I think you make a, a really, you know, fair, astute point in terms of you got a guy like Quinn who, I mean, maybe this isn't a blip, right? You know, it was jokingly asked to Quinn, oh, oh, are, are you a fast guy now? Are you a speed guy now? After his first TD run. Well, after he's had this one, maybe, and Steve Sarkeesian has, you know, been very emphatic. He's not a guy who's going to call design runs. But with that being said, maybe the new improved faster Quinn Ewers is, again, I'm not saying, you know, he needs to have five carries down there in the red zone, right? You don't want to get your quarterback beat up. But when it calls for it and you're struggling down there, maybe that's an option, right? Maybe that's something that turns those threes into sevens. So those would be the things that I am keeping my eye on because, again, and I don't want to downplay this OU team, but when you just take a look at the Texas team in specificity, or I should say in conjunction with the teams they've played, there looks to be a lot of things that you like about Texas entering this game. But when I take a look at the areas that, as you talked about, kids get – you know, uh, they're in this playing in this atmosphere and and it's something that can be overwhelming. Right. We've seen crazier things happen. So if there are things that in my mind could play a factor in this ballgame for Texas, it's those three things. Hiring for your small business. If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the name your price tool from progressive it works just the way it sounds you tell progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget get your quote today at progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust progressive progressive casualty insurance company and affiliates price and coverage match limited by state law Yeah, I think I think when you look at this, you know, Quinn Ewer's legs and kudos to Tory Becton, the strength and conditioning coach, who apparently has Arch Manning running 20 miles an hour. Quinn Ewer's is running away from people. Jonathan Brooks is running wild. He says he's not fast, but he was pushing 22 miles an hour against Baylor. 
I think Tory Becton deserves a raise. No, no soft tissue injuries too for Texas through all those hundred degree, no cramps, no dehydration, and all those hundred degree games. We're going to get cool temperatures, by the way, Saturday, uh, Eric. I mean, the forecast is for seventies and a low, or excuse me, well, yeah, uh, high in in the low seventies and a low of fifty eight. So, like, this is an early game kegs and eggs kickoff you might need a windbreaker or something i don't even know where mine are i think i have them in them with the mothballs but <laughs> this is we're talking a this could be a, a game in the 70s so um yeah tory Beckton deserves all kinds of credit for making quinn yours a lighter faster stronger whatever uh, because they may need him they may need him. He's converted five third downs with his legs this season. Eric, two of them were touchdowns. Um, and he converted a third and eight last week where he ran for 10 yards. That just the net that was the drive that Jonathan Brooks scored the 54-yard touchdown run on. So it was a huge conversion by Quinn Ewers, uh, because that was a tight game at that time against Kansas. So I expect Quinn Ewers to have to run in this game to help Texas convert third downs between the 20s, maybe even to convert in the red zone because we just haven't seen answers in the red zone. We're five games in. I get why Sark is defensive because you struck a nerve. You struck a nerve, and that's that's where um, you're right. I mean, you get into the red zone – They've been kicking field goals. It, it's it been working, but Bert Auburn's missed three of his last six. He missed the 26-yarder against Baylor. He missed um, a 40-yarder, or excuse me, a 50-yarder and a 47-yarder. So, you know, they're on the longer end. He missed a 42-yarder at Alabama, but he's hit. We saw him hit from 49 against Alabama last year when it mattered with 129 left to give Texas a 19-17 lead. He hit from 48 yards at Texas Tech on the final play of the game to force overtime. So that's why Sark is continuing to back Burt Auburn. But, Eric, you know as well as I do, if this becomes a mental thing, that's, you know, that's like a golfer who's lost his swing and it, it becomes hold your breath. And in that atmosphere, you know, we've been talking about how this game was uh, probably it's probably the biggest game since 08 when both teams came in top 10 teams, Sam Bradford versus Colt McCoy. Well, in 09, Sam Bradford got planted on his shoulder by Aaron Williams and left the game and in came Landry Jones, who turned out to be, you know, a scrappy fighter. The OU's defense was great texas scored one touchdown in that game and relied on three field goals from chris stockton to win that game 16 13 that can happen and especially in a game with this kind of defense that kind of outcome would not shock me at all honestly if if ou's defense is as good as they say it is, they think it is, as good as the numbers say, we could be in a field goal kicking contest and 
that probably makes some Texas fans nervous. Steve Sarkeesian said, Bert Auburn got off to a good start on Monday. Texas fans are praying that is true. Chip, I thought it was really important of Steve Sarkeesian when he was asked, you know, hey, that's point blank. Have you considered making a change? He was emphatic. He said no, right? I mean, that's first and foremost, and I'm just mentioning that because you talk about the confidence factor. I mean, kicker, maybe unlike any other position, Chip, because it's just you, right? I mean, it, it is just you. You're that guy, Chip. You and I have, have seen plenty of football practices. Specialists, they're kind of to themselves, you know, during practice. They're kind of, you know, doing their own thing while everyone else is is getting after it. It is they're not very, even considered real football players. I, I I was trying to be polite, but it, I mean, you pretty much nail on the head in terms of kickers. I mean, they're just they're just doing their own thing, right? During practice, it, it, it's a lonely, lonely existence. So I but think you gotta for, have them, but you you gotta have them, and especially in the college game. I, well, I mean, you can make this the, the case in, in any game, especially in the college game. You know, the difference between having one that you can depend on and one that you're kind of shaky on now again that's why i think it was important for steve sarkeesian to come out and just say listen no i'm not considering a change right and i also think chip and i want to ask you this but i think it's been crucial what i was told joined this beat was that if there were a kick got along that 50-ish range that will stone might be the guy right and to an extent that made sense with stone having the stronger leg but chip i think and I want to get your thoughts on this. You talk about Burt Auburn nailing kicks of 45 plus against Auburn, against Texas Tech last year. Just to keep his confidence, don't you almost have to send him out there? Because if you start saying, all right, we're going to send out Will Stone when we get in that 45 ish plus range, that's just another tick to your confidence, is it not? Right. I agree. I think you have to send out Burt Auburn. And, and by the way, I'm sorry, Hunter Lawrence with the field goals in 09, because he also hit the game winner in the Big 12 title game in 09 against Nebraska when Indomitian Sue was throwing Colt McCoy around like a rag doll. Uh, Hunter Lawrence, that dude had some of the biggest kicks going in 09. Um, but yeah, you have to, you, you've got to, you've got Jeff Banks, one of the best special teams coordinators in college football. They got to do some Zen stuff with Bert Auburn this week to make sure that he's feeling like he's at the spa when he walks out in the middle of a, a cauldron of calamity and chaos at the cotton bowl um, and plug back into the guy who delivered that 48 yarder in windy conditions at Texas tech and kicked the 49 yarder against Alabama last year, because that's why this coach and this team still has belief in that guy. And, and we may be making mountains out of molehills, but it's this game. It's this week. It's a championship game. As Jade Barron said from the beginning of the season, we kind of chuckled, but he's right. Every week, if you're trying to make the college football playoff, every week is a championship game. And this is a championship game because these two teams – could meet again on December 3rd in Arlington. And you want to have the highest seating possible if you truly are 
a top four team. You want to have the highest seeding possible in that college football playoff. And you need to sweep the uh, Oklahoma Sooners or whoever you're going to play in that Big 12 title game. So, yes, uh, this is the elephant in the room, if you will, for Texas, the red zone offense and Burt Auburn. Uh, because if you're going to be a field goal kicking team, you got to make them all. Chip, I know we're going to get into some take or leave in a second, but I, I, I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this question. And I chuckled when you talked about the fact that this could be part one of part two, right? Which we've seen. And uh, Chip, do, do you think our, our our beloved fearless commissioner <laughs> attends? The second one, seeing as how he's chosen not to attend this one. I, I had to ask you that, Chip. Oh, yeah. I mean, Greg Sankey, the SEC commissioner, will be at the Red River shootout. I don't know where Brett Yormark will be. I asked the Big 12 office what game he's going to this week. They still haven't hit me back. Um, but, yeah, um, Brett Yormark will have to show up to the game December 3rd in Arlington. And I guarantee you Greg Sankey will be there as well. If it's these same two teams. So that, that will be good. That will be good. Um, All right. We'll grab a quick break here. We'll come back with take it or leave it right here on the flagship podcast. All right. And if you're watching us on the horns, 24 seven YouTube channel, we will roll on. But, uh, Eric, it is that time. It is time for Take It or Leave It, Red River Shootout Edition. All right. I'm fired up. Take it or leave it. This one, I I, I really enjoyed putting this one together, Chip, because I feel like, as we've talked about, two teams face vastly different schedules coming into this game. So the numbers, something to take a look at. Chip, take it or leave it. Texas holds Oklahoma to less than 21 points. And for our listeners, the, the context behind that question, OU are averaging 47 points per game. That's third in the nation entering this game. And Texas' defense only allowing 12.8. So, Chip, take it or leave it. Texas holds OU to 21 or less. You know what, Eric? Considering that Oklahoma piled up 73 points, 73 points against Arkansas State and 66 points against Tulsa and scrounged up only 20 points at Cincinnati. I'm going to take this. All right. And you might want to flash the question up so the people watching us on YouTube, there it is. Apologies about that. Thought we had that up. Sorry about that. I'm going to take this, Eric. I think that Texas is going to hold Oklahoma to less than 21 points. If Cincinnati can do it, Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Jalen Ford, Jade Barron, Jalen Catalan can do it. Even if Malik Muhammad has to play a majority of the reps at corner with Ryan Watts nursing a leg injury. What say you, my friend? Chip, I'm taking it. Point blank. I am taking it. The Texas Texas defense will be far and away the best unit that Oklahoma has seen to this point and possibly the best unit they'll see all season long. This, And I know I made the case for Dylan Gabriel being, as I said, the better quarterback in this game. 
I don't see enough playmakers. While you did talk about a guy like Nick Anderson, who's putting up quote unquote those Randy Moss like numbers, you got Drake Stoops working the inside out of the slot. You know, you, you've got Andrew Anthony and other guys. I, I I don't see the type of playmakers, and especially if they're not going to be able to run the football consistently. Which I hate to break it to you, if you couldn't run the football in the early part of the year against those teams, you ain't going to break out against this Texas defensive line chip. So I am taking it as we go to take it or leave it number two. Take it or leave it number two, Eric. The Red River Shootout will be Jonathan Brooks coming out party to a national audience. Take it or leave it. I'm taking it, Chip. I think not only for JB, I think this Texas offensive line has a point to prove that they have put their early season struggles behind them. I think DJ Campbell is rounding into form. And Chip, what gave me the most optimism to take this, did you see the success? And I'm saying that rhetorically because I, I, I know you did see it. The success that JB had running in the interior of that offensive line last week, an area that we had the most questions about coming into this year, right? Having that type of success, we're seeing more play from guys like Gunnar Helm and Malik Ogbo, which I wrote about, providing success uh, as additional run blockers. I see no reason why this will not be JB's coming out party to a national audience. And uh, it'll be a great thing for you know a, a kid who, as we've talked about, Chip, just needs a, to kind of boast about himself a little bit more. Well, he'll have no choice but to boast about himself after his performance on Saturday. I am taking it, Chip. What says you? Yeah, I'm going to take this. Jonathan Brooks is getting into a groove here. 59 carries, 487 yards in the last three games. He's coming off a 200-yard uh, game against Kansas. Uh, I think the OU defense is markedly better. And a coming out party, I guess we should define that. Is sure. that over 100 yards? Is it 150 yards? I could see, I, I'm going to say over 100 yards rushing for Jonathan Brooks. Um, maybe two or three catches, possibly a touchdown, uh, catching the football, catch and run, which we've seen him do. So, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to take this, um, especially if Texas is able to punch OU early, put some of that, uh oh, here we go again into the Sooners' minds. We've seen games where both teams were highly ranked and great defense. 2000 comes to mind. That was a great Texas defense. They got pulverized because it, there were turnovers. The uh oh, here we go again thing happened. And they kind of got, they just got like hit upside the head with a two by four and Texas lost that game 63 to 14. It turns out OU had a national championship team that year. Kind of like what Texas might have this year. And of course, OU fans are saying, well, wait a minute, we're undefeated. We're right there too. Don't uh, get a twist. Come on. You haven't played Alabama. You haven't done you, ha you don't have the resume that Texas has. Now you win, you're going to have a much better resume, but, I will take this, Eric. Love it or leave it, number three. Number three, take it or leave it, Chip. 
uh, Texas's defensive line left three or more sacks on Saturday. You know what? I'm going to take this. I'm going to take this. I think Tavondre Sweat, Byron Murphy, Anthony Hill coming home to Dallas, Denton Ryan kid. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if Anthony Hill has a couple sacks in this game like he did at Alabama or Ethan Burke. Either way, I think Texas gets to three sacks in this game. Eric, what say you? It's funny you mentioned Anthony Hill, Chip, because I actually toyed around with making him one of the subjects of the take it or leave it. But that is the guy who I have my eye on, Chip. Here is why. You talked about him going back home to the DFW area. How about I give you this one? A lot of the conversation around A. Hill, right, was he, wherever he's going, he's going 100 miles an hour. Doesn't quite have it down yet, but you see the talent. He finds his way to the football. Chip, I think that lends itself best in big games, right, where the emotion is high, the adrenaline is running. I think that lends itself to a game like this, right? It, it doesn't lend itself well to, you know, 25 30 point blowout of Kansas or you know a, a 25 30 point blowout of Baylor it lends itself to win it's a tight margin big time game big time stage flying around there's gonna be a third and seven third and eight and you just need a hill as a pass rusher and that guy knows I'm just finding the ball so I'm taking it and I, I don't want to go too you know I want to I'm putting my chest behind this one chip but I don't want to go too crazy but I think Anthony Hill gets at least one of those sacks. So yeah. I'm taking it. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, this game is full of emotion. If anything, I'm worried about Anthony Hill going off and getting a personal foul. He almost got one in Alabama when he had that incredible sack and then went 15 yards into the end zone to give it to the uh, Alabama fans. All right. As you can tell, we are amped beyond belief. Hopefully you're listening to this during the week and, you, and then you'll play, pull it out and play it again as you're driving into the Cotton Bowl. This has been the Red River Shootout tailgate edition of the flagship podcast. For Eric Henry, I am Chip Brown. Until next time, we'll see you over at horns247.com. Stay safe and keep the faith.